Hello and welcome to Letters Home. I'm your host, George Leach. This is episode four. Today I'll be reading several letters from Gigi, all written in August of 1942. August 1st, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, Kids, Mike, Chuck, here it is Saturday evening and I'm just sitting in the day room listening to the radio and writing to you. It's nice and cool in here because they have a nice big fan. I had KP duty Wednesday night. It wasn't so bad. I wanted to go to church tomorrow, but I just found out I got KP in the morning. When I came out here, there were 58 fellows in our bunch and about 400 men in our flight. Well, they are going to ship the whole 355 square out of here. We only have 16 men left of the bunch that came with me and only about 90 men left in the whole flight. All the fellows who signed up for radio are pretty sure they will go to Chicago. If we do, it will be swell. Or then again, we might go to Madison, Wisconsin, or Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's just about the only places. John Cinco is in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Here's a notice from our commanding officer to the folks who receive mail back home. Don't repeat everything I write in my letters. The enemy might be listening. Not that I send out any valuable information, it's just a precaution. We didn't have any drill this afternoon because it was kind of hot out. Tell Chuck I was relieved when I got the letter and at ease. He sure can write good letters about the news at home. No kidding, he's on the beam as they say it here. How's your legs feeling, Mom? Don't do no work. That's Helen's job now, ain't it, Helen? How's Dad feeling? Hey, Pops, how's our corn growing? Don't forget to save me some. Is Mike still going fishing, or has Packard got him working hard? How's our car, Mike? John and Paul, what are you guys doing to earn a living at home? Be good. Keep your necks out of closing doors. I think I'll send my watch home because I couldn't get it fixed in St. Louis as soon as I get a chance. George. The next letter is dated August 3rd, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, and everybody. Well, today is payday and I got 24 bucks. That's just partial payment. I will get more when I get shipped to my school. I'm pretty sure I will be shipped right away tomorrow or the day after. Because when you get paid, you can count on being shipped soon. I'm sending you some money. Spend it as you please. I'll have enough until next payday unless I get too extravagant. I sent my watch home today, so give it to Mr. Bertelman and get it fixed. The crystal and top handle need fixing, as I wrote on the note around the watch. But don't send it back here, because I probably won't be here. You know, from what's going on, I think I'll go to Chicago. It will be swell. But you can't rely on rumors. I'll pray for this rumor, though. I got four letters today from Helen, Iotis, Kay Balak, and a boy from the shop, Mitchell. I was on KP duty yesterday. It wasn't bad, though. The boys are giving me some beer now, so if the writing looks up and down, you can just imagine why. I had an easy day today. It rained in the morning, so we only had two hours of drill. Then, in the afternoon, it rained some more. After that, I went to get paid, then I ate, came back, read my letters, mailed my watch, and here I am. Tell Helen she is very comical. She ought to be an Italian humorist. Hey, what's the matter my spaghetti? Where did she learn to draw? You can almost imagine what they mean. They were pretty good, though. One fellow came into our camp, and they asked him what he wanted to be. 
He said, I want to be an airplane driver. Boy, did they laugh. It's getting pretty dark out here, so I'll sign off. Tell Mrs. Poulter I'll write her as soon as I get a chance. There's lots of squirrels around here. Tame, too. So long, Private George Leach, Jr. Here's a letter that was dated August 7th, 1942. Dear folks, we arrived here at Scott Field at noon yesterday. This camp is not far from the one I came from. We are about 30 miles east of St. Louis. The difference here is the land is all level, while at JB, the ground was all hilly. I took a test yesterday to see what I would become, a radio operator or a radio mechanic. We are living in tents for a couple of days, then we will move to barracks. Don't answer this letter until I get the right and proper address and tell the folks who write to me not to answer or send letters until I send them my new address. We will have more freedom here than at the other camp. Here, you can get a pass from Saturday noon till Monday morning. I will go to school here. How you feeling, Ma? Don't work. Take it easy. How's Dad feeling? The letter you wrote in Russian, I read it. Took a little time, but I finally made it. By the way, who wrote it? It rained almost all day yesterday. It's nice today, though. We get up at 5 a.m. here, then we eat breakfast at 5.30. I got about 11 letters to answer. The letters that come to JB will be sent here. It will take about a week, but I will get them. Did John find my rod in Reel yet? We are going to have 10 inspections now, so I gotta go. I'll write and tell you more as soon as I get settled in my barracks. They got a big airport here. I'll write soon. George. There's a little bit of a gap between this next letter and the one that was just read. It's dated August 16th, 1942. Dear Mom, Dad, and everybody. I received the letter written by Chuck yesterday while I was doing KP. So, you see, Chill, you're not the only one who does KP. The work on KP is not hard, but the hours are a little stretched out. I had my picture taken and my right thumbprint because we got our identification cards, because we got our identification cards, which permit us to leave camp. The picture was not exactly beautiful. As far as that goes, no one got a good picture. I was going to go to St. Louis this morning, but we were called out for a lecture at 7.45 a.m. The reason was, we were supposed to start school tomorrow. Say, somebody look in last week's paper and see if you can see my name in it. You know, where they have a column for soldiers with pictures and names and telling what they're in and what they're going to do. You see, we had to send our names into our home papers. A lot of the fellows who sent their names in got clippings from back home about them. So I thought maybe I had my name in there. How's your legs, Mom? Did you run around the block for exercise like Charlie suggested? How's Dad feeling? You've been asking me if I wanted anything. Well, if you get some time, you can send me a honing stone and a strap to sharpen my razor. Maybe Dad has got an old one around the house or Mr. Colbus might have one. Thanks for the check, but the next time I get one, cash it yourself because there's too much red tape to go through to cash a check here. You have to get some commission officer to sign it, and some of them won't sign. Then, when you get it signed, you have a heck of a time to get it cashed. So, I'll let you do the cashing. I'm sending some picture my buddy took of me while I was still at Jefferson Barracks. Did Helen go on her vacation yet? Tell John and Paul to quit fighting, or I'll bring them here and they'll really have a fight. So long. Ex-civilian, George.
Alright, so thoughts on episode 4 here. We covered four letters Gigi sent in August of 1942. The first one I found interesting because he gave specific numbers to how many people were in his bunch and also in his flight. And then he goes into details with how many people have left. So when he got there, there were 400 men in his flight. They sent 355 out. He only has 16 men left that he came with and only about 90 men left in his whole flight. They were going out at rapid rates because, you know, they had to get them trained into school, prep for their jobs in the war. He's still uncertain of where he's going to go, hoping it's Chicago, praying for that rumor. But there's a chance he goes to Madison, Wisconsin, or Sioux Falls. Chuck sends him a letter again and finally puts him at ease. If you remember in episode three, he talked about how he was still at attention, waiting to be at ease. I like seeing that call back to a previous letter. He also continues to give the updates on the weather, whether it's mentioning how much drill they do and if it's hot out or if it was rainy that day. Again, at the end of each letter, he asks about his family. He wants to make sure his mom's taking it easy, asks specifically how her legs are doing, follows up about the corn with his dad, asks how it's growing. Don't forget to save me some. It just seems like he misses home a lot and wants to know how everyone's doing. Asks if Mike is still fishing or if he's working hard. Tells John and Paul to be good again. Another call back to the watch. He's still planning on sending it back home because he couldn't get it fixed in St. Louis. I don't think we missed a letter, but he never specifically mentioned taking it to St. Louis to see if he could get it fixed. He just said he was probably going to send it home if he couldn't get it fixed there. Following up from before, he is indeed sending the watch home. The second letter is the first time he ever mentions a paycheck. In episode three, he mentioned spending $2 on a day out in St. Louis where he Ate great, went to a doubleheader, and got a cab and all that. In this letter, though, he mentions getting 24 bucks on his payday. And that's just partial payment. He gets more when he goes out to school. He sent his watch home. He mentions the specifics of the watch again, the crystal, needing fixing and the top handle. Still hopes he goes to Chicago. I really wonder if he had been to Chicago before at this point, because it seems like he really wants to go. Got some more KP duty, as he did in the previous letter. He doesn't seem to mind it though. Maybe just some people complain about it. He seems to be okay with it. It's the first time he mentioned specifically drinking beer. The boys are giving me some beer now, so if the writing looks up and down, you can just imagine why. It didn't really get up and down or look any different. He seemed to be consistent. Maybe he just started drinking when he was writing that. Day's still going pretty well for him. He talks about some rain has a joke with Helen about being an Italian humorist. I like that. Uh, what's the matter must be good. They also has some more humor when he's talking about the guy who came into the tent and said he wanted to be an airplane driver. I can see that being turned into a joke in later years. Probably came up with a really clever story and how to work that into it. The only sign I saw that maybe gave away that he was drinking besides him mentioning it was he seemed to have that letter wrapped up and then right before he says so long he talks about there being a lot of squirrels there. It seemed pretty random and maybe as maybe it was a result of him having a couple beers. Then the third letter in this episode he talks about arriving at Scott Field at noon. It's only 30 miles east of St. Louis. So it wasn't quite Chicago but he says this is where he's going to go to school. He took another test to see if he's going to be a radio operator or a mechanic. He also has a little bit more freedom there. He says you can get a long pass from Saturday noon until Monday morning. He asks about his family again and talks about his routine there of having to get up at 5 and then eat breakfast at 
11 letters to answer so as many letters as he's writing it seems like he's getting a lot too so that's really cool to see keep in mind the letters that i have for this podcast this show are only the ones he sent home so to his brothers his mom his dad his sisters any letters that he wrote to his friends i haven't seen i'm not sure if those people that were recipients of the letters are still alive if they are it'd be cool to try and get in touch with them and see some of those letters as well Then he ends it with saying he has some tin inspections, but he'll write back soon. So in the last letter, this episode, he talks about doing KP again. Got a letter from Chuck. And he also got his ID card, which to me is now he's been there at least a month, month and a half. And he's just now getting his ID card. Nowadays, you know, it's different with the bases and after World War II, I suppose. But you get an ID card as soon as you get to basic training, from what I remember. But he explains that that gives him permission to leave camp and get back on. It permits him to leave camp. He talks about uh, all the people he knows sending pictures and information home to their local paper. Asks if he's in it. I'm not sure if he was. I'll look up the Detroit Free Press maybe. And if they have archived issues, see what I can find. But I, I doubt it'd be online. Asks about his mom again. And... From all the previous letters, he's always said he doesn't need anything. Thanks for asking, but I still don't need anything. Here, he says, if you get some time, send me a honing stone and a strap to sharpen my razor. I wasn't even sure what a honing stone is, or was. I could imagine it, but I'd never heard the term. So it seems like he doesn't ask for a lot. Even the thing he asked for is pretty common. Honing stone to sharpen his razor. And doesn't even want a brand new one. Maybe dad has got an old one around. Mr. Colbus might have one. One thing that stood out to me was he talks about getting a check and how hard it was to cash it. That's unreal to me. The people preparing for war couldn't even cash their checks easily. Now everything is direct deposit. Having to get a signature by a commissioned officer and someone won't even sign it. And then after that, it's a headache to get a cash. And I can't believe that that ever, there was ever a time like that where it was so hard to get paid. So to summarize, he had a lot of KP duty in this episode. He still asks about home and he goes into numbers about the people on his flight. He's now waiting to find out if he's going to be a radio operator or a radio mechanic. Maybe we'll find out soon. See what happens in the next episode. This has been Letters Home. Letters Home features music by Scott Buckley. Music by Scott Buckley can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Thanks for listening and tune in next week to Letters Home.